This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're listening to Pressing Matters, the show where we go behind the headlines and explore issues driving the press. I'm Shazana Mokhtar. On Saturday, the 22nd of January, protesters took to the streets once again under the banner of hashtag Tangkap Azambaki to show their dissatisfaction with the government's handling of the Malaysian Anti-Corruption Commission securities trading controversy. For some insight into the happenings of that day, I'm joined by Radzi Raza, journalist for the Malay Mail and spokesperson for Gerakan Media Merdeka, or Geram. Radzi, hi, good morning. Thanks for joining me. Uh, hi, Shazana. Good morning. You've been following the developments of the hashtag Tangkap Azambaki protest, and you were present in KL over the weekend for the event. Before we talk about what happened on Saturday, can you give us the background on these protests and how they came about? Um, basically, these protests were started by a bunch of uh, activists. Some are in the party and some are not uh, joining in the party. So they were like the one who uh, who wanted to voice out the protest against uh, what is happening in the development over the Azambaki uh, trading scandal. So these youths are not feeling very uh, convinced with the government's aspiration and the investigation by the Security Commission. So they decided that protests must be done to ensure that the voices are heard. So they banded together uh, with the name uh, Tangka Azamaki, similar to the previous one with uh, SSR, and then they, they call up uh, other youth from other organisations join up, and uh, they announced that their intention, they wanted to do protests. So that's how it came about, basically. It's just the idea to protest about the uh, grievance over the matter. You mentioned the previous uh, protests, and I think you're referring to the hashtag Lawan protest of July last year, which was organized by the Secretariat uh, Solidarity Rakyat, or SSR, as you said. Um, compared to that rally, though, uh, which was largely apolitical, this rally, the Tangkap Azambaki rally, it saw the involvement of several political party youth wings, as you mentioned. Did that impact how the rally was perceived, in your view? Does the fact that politics were involved make it more um, contentious or, or different? I think it helps with the organization and it helps with the movement of the rally itself. But in the sense of uh, the wider, the, uh, to get the wider audience that for the message to come across, across they largely do it uh, politically, uh, same as SSR. But the, the involvement of the political party itself is just to help with the uh, with the coordination and the management of the rally. So you could see that there's no big uh, senior leaders from other parties were, who joined the, the, the event that day itself. So it shows that it was movement from the youth. I see. So it was still very much youth-led. And the organisers originally planned the march in the city centre. But uh, what happened on Saturday was the gathering took place at Jalan Bangsa LRT station instead. So why did these plans change? It is because basically the authorities basically cordoned off the city. I think the whole Dawangi uh, uh, police district uh, from Pudu to Dataran Merdeka to near the parliament was being cordoned off. Even the public transportation stations are, are shut down. So the, the, the organisers wanted to get more people. So they shifted to Bangsa, which uh, the station, the station Bangsa is still open, it's still running. And uh, it was under different police district, uh, Bigfield Police District, I think. So that's why they shifted uh, in the last minute. 
to ensure that uh, the public could join and participate in the event. I see. Now, the police alleged that the protests contravened the Peaceful Assembly Act 2012 and the rules under the National Recovery Plan. How did the organisers respond to these allegations? During our interviews and conversation with the volunteers, so they have uh, the team of marshal to ensure that SOP is being followed. Even when they are marching, when they are uh, walking and they are standing uh, in the middle of the road, they have tried to enforce the basic one-meter distance rule from each other, from the protesters. So at the basic level, they are enforcing the SOP uh, itself, uh, requirement of mass. And then I think the organizer already also distribute, distributed the COVID uh, self-test. And then they, before the rally, they, they give the advice, advisory on who should come if you're sick, so you shouldn't come. I think it was uh, already in place and being enforced by the organization itself. In terms of Peaceful Assembly Act, I think it was between the organizers and the police because uh, <laughs> under the law, they, they should like uh, give notice to the police. Uh, to the police. So it, was, it should be uh, between the organizers and the police itself, but... For the SOP, we could see that they are trying to enforce it. Mm-hmm. And what was the atmosphere like on the day of the protests? Could you maybe walk us through the developments of the day and how it started uh, to how it ended? Yeah, because it was raining in the morning. It was a bit slow, but uh, it was held in in Bangsa itself. So actually, uh, there's, a, there's a place there where the youth activity, activity centre is near, near the area and it was a known, uh, very known place by people who joined, joined the rally. Yeah. It's a very good uh, meeting spot. So you could see, like, uh, at first there were only like, 20 people, the organizers themselves. And then uh, you could see that people started to, to come in, chat in. And then when the, uh, when the weather gets better, uh, 10, 11, and then you could see that people started to come out from the station. From the other. They find ways to, to come there. When finally uh, they... they they started the, the chant, you will see about 100 people. I think at the peak, uh, it was like more than 300. Uh, so it just uh, came. And it was, the atmosphere is a bit safe because I think to give credit to the police, they uh, in talks with the organizers and they, they give uh, space space for them to voice out the protest. So there wasn't any uh, heavy-handed action from the police. It's just uh, there's, there's one... One time where the FRU truck just uh, came by there and then it was only like for a few minutes. But that was like the most tense time. But they didn't do anything. So I think it was a bit cheerful and the roads are, are closed off. It's it's a bit calm. Hmm. How large was the police presence there? I mean, you did mention that there were FRU trucks that came by uh, and we did see some photos on social media. It just seemed there was a large police presence there. Was that the case? And what were they doing? I think the I think the FRU truck. I asked the police, but they didn't they didn't want to give comment about it. But the FRU truck, I think it was being shifted back. I think it's not really FRU. It's the LSF team, the Light Strike Force team under Big Fields. Were like going going back to they were stationed elsewhere, and then they have to use that road to go back. It's a coincidence of sorts, <laughs> but it was there, there's a really heavy police presence. I think about two hundred to three hundred police were in stand standby oh. with uniforms and without uniforms. So it was basically every corner of the of Jalan Bangsa were like held by the police, and then when they marched from uh, underneath the LRT station to about 100, 150 meters away to the junction to Big Fields. The, the police cordon of the area with uh, the light strike force team. So I think only uh, that. Lah. 
and throughout the event, uh, police were like uh, hanging around in place with uniform and some special branches officer without uniform, just monitoring the situation. Okay, there wasn't that much interaction then between the police and the protesters. The protesters were allowed to protest peacefully, essentially. There's interaction. I mean, like the protesters and the police keep talking, negotiating about whether they can walk, whether from where they can walk, whether they can bring their audio equipment. So they, there's interaction in that sense. But action towards the protester, heavy interaction or anything, there's uh, nothing much. Mm. I'm speaking to Radzi Raza, journalist with the Malay Mail, on the hashtag Tangkap Azambaki rally that happened over the weekend. More observations from the ground when we come back. BFM 89.9. Hello, if you've just tuned in, this is Pressing Matters on The Morning Run. I'm Shazana, and with me today is journalist Radzi Raza, who covered the hashtag Tangkap Azambaki rally on Saturday for the Malay Mail. What were the demographics of the crowd like? Was it mostly the youth, as as can be expected? Yeah, I think 80% at least uh, youth below 30. Yeah, mostly all uh, all uh, were below 40, only like few faces like above 40s, and no senior leaders, I think, yeah. Okay. Did you manage to talk to any of the protesters about why they decided to come out? Were they all part of a political party or were they all formerly part of SSR? Yeah, you couldn't deny that a bunch of them are either from Muda, from other, other youth organization or other party, political party. But they are people who came from Twitter, who joined the, uh, the Lawan's uh, Telegram, who were like, trying to get more information. So there are people who going even going alone. Uh, there are some students from from the university, so like, okay, we wanted to come, we wanted to see, wanted to join, wanted to voice up our reason. Uh, there are quite a number of them, actually. You could see them, uh, they, were, they were coming, maybe some of them didn't wear the black clothes. So you could see that uh, there's a sizable number of young people who are not affiliated, who are there as well. Okay, okay. So it managed to capture a lot of, I guess, genuine um, interest, even among uh, those who maybe aren't involved directly with any political group. Uh, what about the reaction of the public and bystanders to the rally? I mean, when, when these kinds of rallies happen, the common concern expressed is that, oh, it's disruptive to business, it's disruptive to public life. Um, was that sentiment apparent? on the day? Uh, so in Bangsa itself, because uh, I know some of the shopkeepers there, uh, Tumama stalls are like directly in the, in the area of the protest. The Rasmina and Maidin, they were like happy to receive any customers <laughs> in the morning. Uh, there's a workshop owner who were like situated near the protest centre who were like, okay, uh, it's not convenient for me because it happens before because there used to be a place of protest for te- 10 years ago, 5 years ago. So they were like, okay, it happens, but I can get around, around with it. And I think some of the workers are also, also joined the rally just for fun. But uh, having said that, there are some who voices concern saying that uh, they have to like cut off the operation hours uh, because uh, the workers couldn't get in. Mm. Yeah, but that's not in Bangsa. That was in uh, middle of KL, the Jalan, Jalan Ta. Mm. Yeah. Because the police had yes. closed all the other LRT stations, essentially. Yes. So the the worker couldn't couldn't come. So they have to shut out the business uh, for a while. So there's there's a bit of uh, misreaction lah. But I think if there are any, they would have like a voice out, and I think more media would have reported it because I think media presence is also big. Uh, so overall, Radzi, do you think the organizers were successful with their rally? What kind of message does the rally send to the government? And are we going to see more uh, street protests with regard to this issue? Okay, uh, 
don't ask themselves think that they they there's some measure of success that means that they could uh they could organize a protest and people they come and they they could talk to the police and have their news being reported but uh is the matter of the numbers because it wasn't even if you inflated it to say like 500 600 people so it wasn't like a really big rally per se so in a sense of like the impact on the nation uh it is not that big but this uh shows uh, i think uh, from the social media observation they, they captured the youth segment i mean like the uh 18 to 30 year old like they voice out their concerns especially on twitter and even in facebook and tiktok now so there are more and people sharing uh, who are not involved at all with the organizer or the rally who start sharing the, their their comment on on social media about about uh statement i think the fru picture picture that photo that one of them that i took uh, like people who didn't even come accounts were never ever commented on the on the on the matter before started to talk about it So I think uh, it it does have an impact, especially on the youth uh, demography. But uh, on the whole, it, uh, I don't think it changed much. Mm. The previous protest, the Lawan protest, uh, it was not too long after the protest, uh, Tan Sri Muhyiddin did end up stepping down. Uh, I guess, what's the sense that something similar could happen um, in this round? Yeah, uh, I think before that, I think there are people who are, I think also involved before uh, did the Kita Lawa rally in 2015, I think. So that was to call the res- resignation uh, for uh, Datuk Seri Najib. And I think that's another uh, message in that rally was like, Tangkap Rosma Manso. <laughs> so, so going on that, uh, I think yeah, in Malaysia anything could happen. So... Going on that, I think the movement, I think uh, that's where the political party involvement matters. The coordination, the message are being being broadcast across, and the emergence of youth activism and uh, the only 18 in the future could very well have a uh, potential to change, uh, to change uh, the matter uh, and uh, make the whole country realize the problems that uh, we are having. Mm. And just one final question then, Razi. Uh, what's your sense of the protest movement and its evolution overall? I mean, do you think that in today's age, um, protests are a lot more accepted and that any uh, action to, to thwart a peaceful demonstration, um, it will receive a lot of public backlash just because people are getting more used to the idea that, um, you know, people have a right to voice out their concerns in, in a rally or a demonstration? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think uh, the last violent protest that we had was in 2012 and Bersih 3 and uh, some rally in the same year. I think that was the really last time. And then uh, subsequent to that, so there's an element of how they, uh, a truce uh, where the police are more open to talk with the organisers. So there were rallies where they let uh, the people march. So even if there's an action after that, it was held in a uh, more professional manner than than what we've been through since uh, before uh, before the reformacy, the early 2000, mid 2000 thing. So uh, I think it evolved to the way that uh, protests were like being accepted. Even Amno uh, before, who like protest is not our culture, has organized several other protests. And even PH was in power. There was like one of the largest protests ever we have was ISIS. 
ICEP, anti anti ICEP protest by uh, the NGOs and link to PAS and UMNO. So you could see that it's being more accepted and with the advent of social media, people could like be safer, feel safer because there's a recording, you could record anywhere, you could tell your message across, even if you are there, you can't be there, you could support the, the cause and like uh, highlight highlighted hashtag or like supported that thing or explain it uh, to other people. So I think it has evolved to the time that it's being accepted uh, by the larger part of the of the community that people could understand and empathize why why they wanted to protest and could accept that oh these people are protesting they wanted to their voice to be heard. So it's like that they they have come to that uh, rather than I think even in the news. You could see that every time there's protest, you could see the counter news about oh, these people are didn't didn't like when this group protest. The the other the traders didn't like. So there's there's uh, there's a big change in that also. You couldn't see I think in in the television in TV3 you could see that being played up much more. So it's being accepted to that level. I see. On that note, Radzi, thanks for chatting with me today. Ah, thank you, Shazana, for calling. I've been speaking to Radzi Raza, journalist with the Malay Mail. This has been Pressing Matters on the Morning Run. Coming up next, we have the 10 a.m. News Bulletin, and then it's over to Enterprise, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.